Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, first spaceship on Venus. In the year 1960, the Americans hadn't even made it to the moon, but the Polish and East Germans were already on Venus. Yeah, did they, and they didn't melt. No. But the first crash to land on Venus melted. Whenever we do the planets with students, after we've named them all, I'm like, okay, pop quiz, which one's the hottest? They always say Mercury, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. Greenhouse grasses, baby. What happens if you really plunge down into Jupiter, though? Well, like, I guess the pressure makes it, like, super hot. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, a, you know, if Jupiter's a little bigger, it'd be like a sun, right? Mm-hmm. So. According but- to, like, I think it's 2010 Space Odyssey, it's a diamond at the center of Jupiter. <laughs> like a diamond the size of Earth. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder I how much that's, that's worth. <laughs> well, it'd be worth nothing at that point. Because <laughs> <laughs> diamonds are only artificially worth money because they're supposedly rare. Well, yeah, who knows what the Saturnians do? The Luciferians. They live on Saturn, I believe. Okay. Yeah. In the, in the giant hexagon. Wait, where's Sun Ra from? Saturn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're aware of the giant hexagon, that's I'm where sure. He's back at. Saturn's hexagon. What's that? What well, Saturn's pyramids? I presume. There's a storm. I know about the hexagon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I was checking. Yeah, it looks like that. a fucking glitch in them taking photos of it. It's really bizarre. <laughs> but no, no. Today we're going back in time a little bit more. We're going to like you said, 1960. First spacecraft on Venus. Spaceship. Spaceship. First spaceship on Venus is the shit English name of this film. Yeah. The Silent Star. Yeah, Silent I'm... Star is a really cool name for the film. It's got like five different names. A couple of the others are better. There's like. Um, I guess I'm opening up the Wikipedia page. It took me, like, a long time to get around to watching this movie. Planet of the Dead is one. That's pretty Ooh, that's good. That's cool, yeah. And Spaceship Venus Does Not Reply. There's <laughs> <laughs> another one. Here we are. De Schweigen des Stern. That's the best title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you should upload it under that name. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to our Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Welcome on the Sci-Fi Sanctuary, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's fine, I have a German friend now, I'm allowed. <laughs> he doesn't get annoyed when I do this shit at all. <laughs> um, this is the first time I watched the movie, although I've been aware of it for a real long time, because eh, probably my later university years, I was like starting to buy all the weird sci-fi and call it on DVD, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one was available, but I was like, oh, this is a, you know, this is a... Uh, 78, 79 minute cut and like 13 minutes are missing. I was like, I don't want to buy that. Mm. It was 22 and you just watch it on YouTube, so here but we also are. Also, I think, um, I don't, don't think this one had as much missing. 
Well, I mean, it did, but the one, the one, if you watched the one I sent you, it was, it just, it looked nice, but, mm. I mean, I, I would have watched this with subtitles, too, instead yeah. of the terrible dubbing, but that's what's available, so that's what we watched. Um, yeah, so, so I went through that phase of buying up sci-fi films on DVD, and I was buying what, to normies, would be obscure films, but you were, like, obscure again beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't, like, that obscure, though. I no, mean, this, this feels like a pretty seminal film, to be honest. This was a, for the you know, East German Polish block, this was a pretty major production of the time. Yeah. You know, to um, get people to become part of the people, I guess, is what they're getting after. So, at this time, so I, like, Poland and East Germany, I don't think of as being behind the Iron Curtain. They were. <laughs> okay. Huh. So the ideals of uh, communism are being expounded in this movie. Yeah, that... And we'll get more into that and how that's interesting. Mm. Uh, that That's one of the main topics of topic discussion here. Topic discussion. Is that just discussing topics? I guess that's what we're doing now. And later you talk about the topics. We will discuss the topics. <laughs> uh, there's a German football coach who's famous for, like, whenever he's being interviewed after a match. He's like, well, we worked on the topics. The topics of uh, defending. And he just loves talking about the topics. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we should have brought him. We should have invited yeah. him as a guest for this episode. I'm sure he has a lot of knowledge of East German 1960s <laughs> sci-fi cinema. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know how to make a play. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So th this one was you had never heard of it then. No. Or, okay. So what was your first impression having watched it? I looked a lot better than I'd expected when I said we were watching like a obscure European film from 1960. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, looks pretty decent. Yeah, this is, I mean, this does push the ball forward as far mm -hmm. as sci-fi goes. Um, Forbidden Planet had gotten part of the way there. Uh, this corrects a major problem with Forbidden yeah. Planet, um, so that's cool. Well, yeah, that, that was my other big takeaway, was if we watched a film coming from America at this time, it would not have such a multicultural crew. Yeah. This film has people of all kinds of races showed up <laughs> in all the different roles. Right, and um, yeah, because I guess that was like sort of the thing in, you know... You get some, I guess you get some bad with the good when you're living behind the Iron Curtain, so yeah. at least you want to make it look like everyone's involved. Uh, they did change a few of the nationalities and things. I, I, there's like one of the leads is apparently America's top astronaut, yeah. but that's not in the original that version. That is not in the original version. He would be German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and they flipped around another. I think there was a guy that was Soviet, and they, now he's from France. Okay. So, yeah. So they, they kind of flipped and flopped a bit there. It doesn't really matter, which I guess is why they did it. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, we do... It is, it, what it ends up being is this does the like Star Trek thing of this is a spaceship that represents Earth. Right. Which America wasn't doing yet at this <laughs> point in time. So that's pretty cool. Because I almost sort of wonder if like you know, Gene Romero is aware of this film because it looks an awful lot like the crew in the cage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, not the cage, excuse me. The cage actually didn't get that part right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> looks an awful lot like the crew on Kirk's ship. Okay. Yeah. There, that works better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was my first time watching it. I'd, I'd been curious. I'd seen screenshots and things, but it was the first hmm. time I was just sitting down and, and making it through the thing. Again, because in the past I would have had to buy it and I felt like, you know, getting ripped off, not getting the actual movie, so. Right. So thanks to all those YouTube folks that just post full-length 
bizarro movies on online. It's Hopefully great. this isn't a case of us uploading this podcast, getting them a bunch of traffic and getting them knocked down. <laughs> Just think Oral did once or twice, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this one is uh, firmly in the public domain. Okay, that's <laughs> no, good. No one's after it. Um, tell us a tale, a tale of a fateful ship. Meteorite is discovered which contains a mysterious spool. Investigation reveals that the rock is a fragment of a spacecraft from Venus, and the magnetic spool contains a recording. A spaceship is launched to the second planet, crewed by an American astronaut, a multinational team of scientists, and a chess-playing robot. On the way to Venus, the message is translated. The Venusians were planning an attack on Earth. The spaceship reaches Venus and finds it a lifeless husk. Burned-out cities, malfunctioning power plants, robots, and slime monsters are all that remain. All life has been killed by the very doomsday weapon that was supposed to strike Earth. A small number of plants are revived, the doomsday weapon is deactivated, and the ship escapes, but only three of the six astronauts make it back alive. about the actors because they're all like badly dubbed and we don't know them yeah <laughs> you've got Gunther Simon as Raymond Brinkman Robert Brinkman in the US release <laughs> Julius Onge- Ongewe Yoko Tani Aldrich Lucas Ignacy Machowski oh his name is Blue so he must have been in stuff ooh <laughs> Mikhail Postnikov Kurt Rackelman Tang Hu Ta Lucina Winnicka Edward von Winterstein, and Ruth Maria Kubitschek. Okay. This is cool names. A couple of them are blue, so they've been in some stuff. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, properly, like, a whole bunch of different nationalities there. French-born Japanese actress and nightclub entertainer. Okay. Cool. I feel like I've heard <laughs> that name. That's the one where I feel like I maybe have heard her name somewhere before. Mm. She's uh, Sumiko in here, who they keep pronouncing Sumiko, which, if you live in Japan, is kind of... Annoying. <laughs> Sumiko Garashi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, she did a bunch of like spy movies and stuff. She sounds like extremely you know, oh, cool. I think <laughs> um, I think she might have been in Branded to Kill or Tokyo Drifter. I don't know. I see the proper filmography. Yeah. I'm just, I wonder if I'm, I make a hit here. That'd be the early to mid 60s. 
Marco Polo. Yeah, a little Geisha. more down the line. Of course, I, this was a Japanese film, so I guess yeah. she wasn't hanging around Japan so much. I could be. Yeah, I might be wrong about I that. Think actually. But she's got that. Uh, she's got the same kind of style, which is um, honestly um, you know, I live in Japan. I'm married to a Japanese woman, so there's different types. Um, her particular vibe is one that doesn't really get me so much. Um, <laughs> What Matt? Shut up! No, I'm just cancel yourself. No, no, I'm just that's like. I don't think she's hot enough. Yeah, no, I'm just like like because you mentioned she's a nightclub performer, so I can see how she would go in and be like you know this like certain like mm. you know damsel of the night sort of vibe. She's right? not the kind of Asian that I think is sexy. Matt, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> so right, okay, but um, no, no, she is good in here. Um. There's, and the still, uh, some everyone moves kind of stilted in this movie, I guess. Somewhat. Um, yeah, it, it made, the, I guess they're wearing uncomfortable polyester. The the one African uh, character, he just seemed to have be having a great time all the time. <laughs> he was like really gesticulating in his acting, and everyone else is these stuffy scientists who don't move at all. They're happy to be in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, of course, uh, one thing I did notice just looking around things that they're they're saying, oh, well, the uh, the more ethnic. Crew members are still like relegated to like the more servicey jobs. Although I thought he, I mean, did he, 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 he saved the day at the end, kind of, didn't he? He did, but he, a lot of the time he did seem to be in a bit of an uhur. Yeah. yeah. Just answering the phone. Of course, he saved the day, then he's like, standing on the service floor. Hey, where are y'all going? That yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so he would have had the worst death because he just has to stand around and wait for his air supply to go. Oh, um, the three, the three young, cool, handsome ones die. Yeah. Which is a little surprising. Yeah. And yeah. the three stuffy old nerds get to go home. <laughs> well, the two stuffy old nerds and the lady get to go home. Right. Well, the stuffy old nerds weren't going to put themselves in the, in the action scene. Yeah, seat. but they, you, um, often in a Hollywood version of this film, it would be they sacrifice themselves. Oh, the nerds do so hot he can go home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, you know. Um, well, maybe that's, that is sort of the, uh, the you know, the... They've the, been the Obi-Wan sort of role where they're meant to die for... Right, or uh, I'm just saying that might have been the um, the the Iron Curtain vibe that for your country you you put yourself in and you may very well die, right? Yeah. So, and your elders. Yeah, whereas America it never encourages its men to just die for their country <laughs> in wars that don't matter. Yeah. Well, they have different means of doing so. I'm saying that, right? <laughs> like they tell you in the movie that you're going to come back home, whereas this one maybe is more realistic. Like, hey, yeah. no, no, not so. Just because you're the leading man doesn't mean you're making it back. Right. Which is more realistic, I suppose. Yep. As the leading man of life, I'm very aware of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not used to sitting on the tummy floors. Didn't go well for James Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I always get confused when people bring up James Dean. Because there's also a porn actor called James Dean who got, like, mega cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Did he spell it differently? Yeah, he spelled it with two E's. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, okay, so the old farts make it. We got the ethnic crew. It, it Like, it does kind of yeah, dial straight into track. It's That's why I'm like, Gene Reimer's like, oh, they have, they have uh, hmm. you know, so like not an African-American, but an African, you know, uh, I guess Japanese. What <laughs> this version is missing is they're all dubbed with an American accent. Mm. If they'd done accents for all of them, I think it would have really come across much better. Like I said, I, I, I mean, maybe they would have done very offensive crap accents, but yeah. if you'd had like a German guy and a French guy and whatever. 
Yeah, I was telling you too, so I guess I should say on the podcast where I, I did go searching for the uh, the original version of this film, you know, with subtitles yeah. and stuff, and it's at the breakfast table, and, uh, you know, find one, and my father-in-law's on the other side, and I'm like, oh, maybe this will work, and it, it has the German name, Yeah, and I click, and it's just like, boom, boom, porn in the face, at the, at the, whoa, at the breakfast table. I mean, if I if I actually, like, hit a few X's, and uh, I might have found, like, the movie, but like, yeah, it wasn't. Anytime you're watching pirated movies, you're going to get hit with some porn adverts. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't expect the 1960 sci-fi film was going to lead me in that but direction. It's the same website, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I get it on Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> Digimon and anime for children. <laughs> okay, I guess my methods don't have me hitting those sites so often. So, I, well, because you go direct to torrents, right? Right, right. But on on this case, I yeah, it was um, yeah, it hit me in the face on the iPad no more. I should have done that search on my computer, of course. But oh well, just done it on the train in front of everyone, like most men do here. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, let's all party. <laughs> saying spool spool it took me a minute to remember what a spool is <laughs> like a is that like a edison cylinder it's just the tape inside of what we would think of as a tape cassette oh right and that was the spool okay yeah i was thinking like a thread spool oh basically the same difference right yeah i mean yeah. i was hearing what they were saying like we have a recording of something right but it wasn't until they put it in and found out it was recording us oh that's what they mean by spool <laughs> so there's a meteor with a spool in it i'm like what Huh? <laughs> I, I feel like even in 1960... I mean, maybe I'm watching it at 7 a.m., so... Yeah, you would have been, like, tape. We right. Tape. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's a strip of tape, but mm. yeah. Yeah, um, it was very bizarre. How, how did the credit hit you? Which is the... It just feels kind of proto-Star Wars. A bit, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, Star Wars was deliberately based on stuff from the 30s, so... Yeah, yeah, but the, the, but the uh, hitting you in the face with a yeah, boom yeah, was, was very cool. Star Wars, so... I, I wonder if that could have been an influence. Yeah, I won. Because it's in the like, same yellow color as well. Wondering if this film had as much of an influence or not is... It, it showed on TV in the 60s in America and stuff. Like, okay. it was like a proper release in America. So I think it did... Well, some eyes did get on it. I'm not necessarily surprised because it does look good. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I started the credit. I was like, that's a cool credit, you know? Yeah. But, like, the whole film looks good. Yeah, the ship is cool. The ship's cool... You know, I mean, it's it's just model work and smoke effects, but it works. <laughs> and then the alien planet is properly weird. Yeah. Um, like the petrified forest, Doctor Who ripped that off, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You've got like the melted, like post-apocalyptic cities. That's all cool. You've got a slime monster. <laughs> There's a great bit where um, when it retreats, I think it's reverse photography. I am pretty sure. <laughs> so it slides off their boots and stuff, but that looks cool. Yeah. Um, the only pit that looked bad was those little bouncing robot ant things. Oh, I thought you'd like the spider. Kind of spiders? I don't know. Okay, I, I, th I thought you'd love the mechanical spider things. <laughs> I just go boing, 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 boing. I did like the robot. You know what that means in Japan, right? Mechanical robots going boing, boing, boing? Mm. Boing, boing. Sexing? 
that that's Booth what bouncing. that's what the OG song, the old man says for booze bouncing. Yes, okay. it has to be it has to be a dirty old man though. Like you, you oh, can't actually. Point point. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because um, a few years ago, when my daughter was younger, we were watching Dora the Explorer, uh-huh. and everyone's there. Both my in-laws here and my wife's there, and she's singing along, mm-hmm. and it's a Dora song about her. I don't remember. They're on pogo sticks, and it's like boing boing. <laughs> Boy, boy, everybody, boy, boy. I'm just looking over at their faces like... <laughs> Amazing. So that, that, was, that was a fun moment, yeah. But the... Because, you know, we were watching Dora in English because, you know, he's got to put in... In Japanese, I imagine they changed the song. Yeah. <laughs> in Japanese Dora, she mostly speaks Japanese, of course, and then the other parts are in English. Right, or is it, yeah. The English version speaks English and the other parts in Spanish. Right, but that doesn't really... Japanese make... kids don't have any need to learn Spanish. Well, I don't know. My, my, some family friends, they, they had ended up spending a year in Mexico, so... Yeah, cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you should only bother to learn English. No, I know. It's a less popular language to it, learn. That's true. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that there were some Japanese folks that could have had a good reason to learn some Spanish. Yeah, there's plenty, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the more popular languages around the world. Hmm. Um, the spaceship, from the it's outside, how do you spaceship. feel? You like the four, the four yeah, yeah, pronged like the, rocket? It's, it's different than thing. your normal sci-fi rocket. That was cool. No, I yeah, I, I was expecting like such a generic rocket. Mm. So when I saw that thing, I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> That's very cool. And, um, did they, what were they doing? They put them to sleep before getting on the rocket? What was it? something bizarre. It's like, it's basically all autopilot, right? But then they hit a meteor storm that for some reason didn't trigger the autopilot. No, no, but it shows them like being like... Yeah, yeah I remember there was a weird And then, and then after thing. that, they're standing outside the craft looking at it before launch. So mm. it's like that was kind of... Because usually, yeah, it would be like the cryogenic thing. But yeah. it seemed to have been something entirely different. Maybe they were just taking some like drugs so they don't get space sick or something bizarre yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. But, I, mean, I guess they didn't The Zero G looked that. quite good as well. We definitely watched films from this era where the Zero G looked more done than it did here. If they even acknowledge Zero G. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's... It's like, stop mucking around, I'm turning the gravity on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we can't afford to be in the Zero G too long, we need to turn the gravity back on. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the uh, case. Uh, the inside had lots of red railing that felt very like TOS Trek to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice and colorful. Even had, like, they all had different colored uniforms for some scenes. Yeah, it, it had um, a very, like it, I think this is one of the first movies that really had that bridge feeling. Because mm. Forbidden Plan didn't have it. They had a command center, but they didn't really have a bridge. Yeah. Um, Flash Gordon just, that's a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe this is the first of the, you know, what we think of more of, of, of the, the star little spaceship these days. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. The International Space Station has nothing like that. And the shuttle just looked like a an airline cockpit. I don't know. So Yeah. So I, maybe this is where that idea originates from. I mean, it's just because didn't Roddenberry serve on boats in the war? Yeah, so. That's <laughs> right. right. It just comes from boats. It's right, right, right. From, but... Yeah, okay, good point. The, <laughs> other, the other thing it made me think of uh, very is Pigs in Space. Okay. You know Pigs in Space? Is that a Muppets thing? It's a Muppets thing. It was okay. their their sci-fi thing with the... Let's bring up the bridge of that. But yeah, it just... um. I mean, they. I, I, I'm just wondering how many eyes were on this film and how many weren't. Like, mm. if you caught it on like Sat- Sunday TV as like a kid in the '60s, you know, and then it maybe subconsciously crops up in your later endeavors. And it, it's because like ADR and stuff wasn't done as well. I think a lot of kids probably wouldn't even have noticed the dubbing. Right. I mean, it got a mystery science theater treatment as well. 
Okay, here's here's Pigs in Space. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it looks pretty similar. Pretty, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> So, I, you know, you know, Jim Henson might have caught in the 60s or something, and it just kind of stuck in his mind for a while. But, yeah, the point is, I thought it was really cool inside of a spaceship, because 50 spaceships, even for a planet, looks pretty, like, derpy inside. Like, mm-hmm. all the cool stuff's outside of the spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in those days there weren't that many space films getting made. So if one airs, everyone who's into space watches it. Yeah, this is fifties. This sixty though. See, we we just did the fifties films where yeah, that totally was the case. But this is this is sixty. It's right at the start. Yeah, but the fifties gave us the fifties gave us a whole lot of rocket ships and flying saucers. So yeah, I guess. But but they weren't maybe as functional. Yeah, you know, it's like there's a rocket. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's a flying saucer. There's a UFO, but we're not. You know, it's not like a useful place. Like this has rooms in it. You know, it has a sick bay. Mm. The sick bay also looked very Star Trekish. Computer room. Mm-hmm. Got a little proto R two D two rolling around. Yeah, like like there's purpose to the parts of the ship where, I guess fifty sci fi in particular, the ship never seemed to. Although the the little robot on tank treads, like, they would have been brand new as an idea when this was made. So that was pretty cutting edge. Yeah, I guess so. Have been ju- I think they because when we were looking into it for um, short circuit, yeah, they were invented to work at nuclear plants. Right. Was like seemed to be the progenitor of those. Yeah, I, but this in this case, I guess it was just a design element. Like they're thinking about that for short circuit, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, because I, I think you cited years like nineteen seventy for that. No, the, the the original one that looks a bit like that is from the fifties. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe and they, yeah, and yeah. then like yeah, Curiosity Rover obviously is the actual version of this. Mm. So it was definitely something they were already thinking about. Anyway, I, I like shiny stuff, so I keep thinking about the spaceship. I, you like you like gloopy stuff and monsters, so you're thinking about the planet more, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, the, that's when you get Lovecraft, right? Just doing archaeology on a dead planet. <laughs> that's right up my street. Right. Because I, I kept thinking, like, okay, so when are we going to see the aliens? And it's like, oh, we're not. They're, <laughs> they're donezo, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, the little spider creatures are kind of like aliens. But it, they're just, like, basically bouncing USB drives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's for sure. Okay, um, what, what, what gloop did you like? I, I guess the slime monster is the one that sticks in my mind the most. Uh, the slime monster definitely is the somewhat. The, um, I think it's just the petrified forest with like, that, that long line of like red electricity along the floor. Just a, kind of a unique look to it. Yeah, the flashing red lights for the power lines were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they were still flashing, but... Well, it's just like everything's gone, but this power plant is just automated and it's just... Pumping energy to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, the, when they land, it's like, oh, we've been attacked. So, no, you just landed on a power line. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you don't land on the power line. <laughs> yeah, the slime monster, you don't get a lot of a look at it, but it sort of bubbles up from this volcano. Well, yeah, maybe TNG watched this as well. With Armis? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's prank call Armis. <laughs> <laughs> So that was cool. Uh, those towers were weird. I guess that was the the abandoned city or yeah, yeah, or yeah. the power plant. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I guess well, that's great. You don't really know. It's just all like this. But it was something once, but it's nothing now. It's a skeleton of a society. Yeah, um, except for their big glowing Epcot Center golf ball, which they yeah. call a golf ball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was in the original script. A kind of golf ball. Yeah, I don't know. Did did um, East Germans like to play golf? And everywhere I like to play golf. Mm. Everywhere where there's lame, boring old men, they like to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, this trip had that. That's where the golf ball reference came from. Yep. <laughs> but that that was kind of cool with the weird glow. And then the ominous red glow and all that. That's that's pretty fun stuff. But it was also, it was quite believable, like, space exploration, where they had to keep their suit on most of the time. 
oxygen was a concern. When they were doing science, it wasn't just instant Hollywood science. They were taking time to figure stuff out. No, they make it um, a point. It's like it takes seven hours to get to that yeah. power plant, you know? So it, it had a much more, like, real and grounded feel than a lot of sci-fi, even much later than this, yeah. bothered to have. In fact, um, when, when the uh, Doomsday Machine is turned on, it's like, you need to get back quickly. It's like, there's seven hours away, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that. I don't think that's going to work out. And well, it kind of, well, actually, it worked out for the people and some of them, but, you know. Not for all of them. <laughs> nice high death rate. But, uh, yeah, yeah, 50%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 100% if you're from Venus. <laughs> and I, I liked the... Um, although the, the sentient people of Venus had been, you know, bad guys, the, they were still concerned with just, we want to restore life on this planet. Mm. That was a pretty noble goal. Would, pe- very would anyone want to do that now? That'd be a no-no. If you just well, found plants, bring them back. Like Mars, I mean, they're finding, you know, they might find some microbes things, and oh, let's, you know. Um, should we bring... They want to bring fact, them back to Earth. No. That sounds <laughs> no, like no, a bad no, idea. No, 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 but yeah, well, I mean, we got to the idea. Oh, what if what, what if there was life on Mars? Like, well, yeah, I like, always have this thing because nerds like us think like, oh, it would change the you know the philosophy of the human race forever. If we just, I'm like, would most people give a shit? They'd be like, hey, well, you know, there's life on Mars. Yeah, it's wild, man. Back to whatever, Real Housewives of Zimbabwe or whatever I'm mm. watching this year. I don't know. I've never seen a Real Housewife. I don't know what happens on those shows. I don't either. No. The closest I've, I watched Total Divas, okay, which is the reality show about the female wrestlers from the WWE. Oh, that sounds. But fun. it's clearly just as fake as the actual WWE. <laughs> <laughs> do they wrestle? Like, do they wrestle in the in the? Uh... No, they talk about wrestling. Oh, but they don't actually get into. You don't it. see the wrestling much. You got to pay them the big butt, big. Butt, I mean, it was all on the WWE bucks. network. But yeah, the, the, it was hilarious that it's the same people who like. When you say to someone like, "Oh, I watch wrestling," like, "Oh, you think it's real?" <laughs> And I'm going to go watch Total Divas, which is definitely real. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's just as fake, my friend. <laughs> like the wrestling wouldn't be fun if it was real. Yeah, it would just be fucking UFC, which is boring to watch for me. <laughs> Very homoerotic. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. And I'm Muss. Welcome to Game Game Show, the game show about games. The unique podcast where four white men talk about video games. Look, Luke, when in doubt, don't go with me. <laughs> no, my thing is just like, uh, you usually do these quizzes, yes, no, yes, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> Luke, no one is that lazy. <laughs> We'll say like what ten seconds. That's probably usually long enough. Yeah, ten seconds. There we go. I mean, you're not going to time it, so it really doesn't matter. Does fucking it? will time it, me. I've got a, got it on my up on my tablet. You just... fucking dog. I'm the dog that point me with any more of slander. Imagine being tied with me. <laughs> this round is called punching upwards. I'm going to name some video gaming celebrities who are much more famous than us and you're gonna tell me for what reason they were cancelled <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh, no i have no idea who they are uh, i feel like this will be a trend for all of these people <laughs> i 
Game Game Show is a comedy panel game show about video games. Find it wherever you get your pods by searching Game Game Show. Find us on Twitter at Game Game Show. Or find this podcast and others that me and my pals create by going to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. The American ver excuse me, the East German Polish version of this had multiple references to Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which the American cut we saw cut completely. Oh. That was actually a major point of the script that did not make it into what we saw. Because it still mentions nuclear weapons and uh, you know, we had nuclear weapons, but as a planet, we've moved beyond them. There's one, the Venusians have made a nuclear disaster device and it turned on them. There's one time when Sumo was talking where I was like, oh, they just edited like a whole minute of dialogue out there. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, having a Japanese person on the team. Yeah, right. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And, and there was one thing where I, I really felt like, oh, she, it was almost like a non sequitur, like mm. talking to me maybe, but <laughs> where she just jumps from one topic to the other, like yeah. with no warning. I'm like... I bet that's where some of that dialogue was. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is another Godzilla film that's basically about Hiroshima and Nagasaki where they tried to cut it out for American audiences. Yeah, maybe in part because it's coming from the other side of the Cold War. Mm. But, you know, at the same time, it would have been nice to know that they also don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because the, the, the message was like, well, you know, the Ruskies are just waiting to nuke us. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, the people all over the world probably don't want to see the world end. Right. I mean, there's one or two in Russia who I think don't care, but <laughs> let's try and avoid talking about that too much this week. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm getting with this film. It's interesting that it has so much that Star Trek philosophy because um, Americans weren't doing it in 1960. Mm. You know, and, and let's face it, I mean, people making this movie, that there could be an exception or two, but generally these, these would be artistic types, right? People that want to create yeah, stuff, yeah. not politicians well and it's they're not like in moscow yeah they're in like a country that doesn't necessarily want to be part of the soviet <laughs> union very much right well east germany is not part of the soviet union then but they were behind but the was poland curtain. poland was not they were still poland but okay it's past poland where they um like belarus and what you don't want to talk about right that's yeah. those were technically in the soviet union so okay um, so East Germany was kind of sort of its own thing because it was after the war they partitioned yeah, yeah, yeah. Berlin, right? That's mm-hmm. why there's East West Berlin, and then um, I think it's uh, the the Brits got you know half of West Germany, the Americans got the air had to stick it together. You can be Germany mm-hmm. or West Germany, and yeah. uh, East Germany was the part that the Soviets got. So uh, they let it be its own country, but you know very much like <laughs> do what we say, An not what we do. Country, yeah, yeah. So that's what it's being made under, you know, mm. and. Uh, so you're telling me that our side weren't just automatically the good guys? <gasps> <laughs> it's not as simple as that. Although living in East Germany seems to have been quite crap. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend them. No. I'm saying that, you yeah, know, people on both sides, they were good and bad people. I just lucked out because when, wa- when the wall fell, it was when, right about the time I started playing cello, so I was able to get a decent cello for not too much because it was built in East Germany. Break down the walls of Jericho! So I can Back get a cheaper cello. That's Chris Jericho's theme tune. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I tell my Chris Jericho story. We saw him live in London. And at the end, when the cameras are off, and he's just being... Basically, if you see them when they're not filming, they ham it up way more cheesy. <laughs> they're just playing the crowd at that point. And he's just, like, giving loads of grief to people in the crowd. <laughs> you see someone taking his picture. You take my picture? Wait, let me suck my gut in. See, I do have abs. I just have a big diaphragm. 
<laughs> that's why they never have Chris Jericho. I guess that would be the, the more fun time as a wrestler anyway, because it's like you're you know on the job, right? When you're yeah, yeah for a wrestler the... and for a fan, like the house shows are way better than the main TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> the TV show they all keep the plot going and they got to play to the cameras. Whereas the house show, they just bringing out all the hits, <laughs> just doing whatever dumb stuff you know you can like. Especially when you get to play in Britain. And it's when, even if you're the heel, you're getting cheered from the Brits. <laughs> you the villain, right? Yeah, heel is the villain, yeah. Oh, oh I thought you said hero, okay. Yeah, heel. Heel, gotcha. Sorry, I don't have, I don't have the rest heel of Heel is villain and face is good guy. Really? Oh, wow, that's wild. Okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I just learned something today. That's where the phrase turning heel comes from. Ah. Huh, okay. Who's the heel in this movie? Uh, Venus. <laughs> <laughs> the entire planet of Venus. <laughs> so, they, what... It was just like unwanted destruction. I mean, the Venusians might have just been like a few scientists that were doing something horrible as well. But it's actually turned it on when they were trying to shoot us. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> happened in the end, right? But so maybe it was that Venus was already on its last legs, and they're like, "We got to take Earth." Mm. Or the world style. Yeah, but that's where you mentioned the the doing this Lovecraftian duo, or at least recording today, is that yeah, it's quite unknowable at the end. Yeah. And same as what we said for Annihilation, the other sort of Lovecraft, Lovecrafty film we've done recently. If we'd gotten the full, if we'd let's just have met a Venusian and they'd explained it, would have ruined the film. <laughs> the fact that they're sort of piecing it together and they think they know what happened is much more interesting. Like Forbidden Planet, they you know they very much draw in every line, right? You know exactly what the deal is on that planet by the end. I mean, do you? Yeah, what's going were... on with the aliens? Huh. Because the stuff they find underground, do you really fully understand it by the end? Yeah, it's all it's all to power the you know they are those people basically instantly manifest right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and but if you can do so that, manifest the ed, you manifest it. something to kill yourself a day later, right? right Which is yeah. what happened there. I mean, we don't we don't see them. Mm. That's a big difference. So yeah. maybe that keeps it a little bit mysterious. We never see one of them in Forbidden Planet. We certainly never see them here. Just their toys. Yeah, a lot of particularly if you go back this far, alien stuff falls down when you see them because they couldn't make them look good yet. Mm. Um, but what's the other one we did? Um, Quite the Mass. When we finally see the aliens and they're just like big and moving insect puppets. <laughs> yeah. And they're shuffling them around like action figures. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this was much better before we saw them move, when they mm. were just like a corpse. Uh, or I always think back to that really Well, the good... first shot was quite trippy then. Yeah. But yeah, because we don't see it very clearly. Right? You see it like on a camera sort of. Um, there's the TNG episode where the one where Data gets sent back in time. Is it Time's Arrow? Yeah. You like mean they the talk, floating... They talk about seeing the aliens. And he's like, whoa, there's these big silver guys. And then at the end of the second episode, you actually see them. And they look shit. <laughs> <laughs> but when they're just talking, like I thought, oh, this is actually like half-decent horror at this point. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually thinking of a different TNG episode with the uh, the warp space worm things. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the one with the uh, solar peptide cake with mint frosting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, the Deanna Troy solar peptide cake with mint frosting. <laughs> I see. Oh, well, she is the cake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I need to add her name on there. <laughs> but uh, they have the weird, like, floating, like, interdimensional parasites. Right. Those yeah, actually yeah, are yeah. pretty creepy, so. Yeah. No, yeah, this one, when you finally see them, it's just, like, dudes covered in tinfoil yeah. filmed to look big. <laughs> but when Riker's, like, describing them, you're like, oh, that's terrifying. There's these giants walking around. But just describing Venus in this movie is terrifying, I guess, in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because you have no clue. Like they say, it's like, well, there's extensive stuff here. We have an idea, but we really don't know what any of this is for. Where most sci-fi, someone's going to tech the tech, figure out the language, and that never happens here. Oh, they, they do translate some of the messages. Yeah, they can all read spectroscopes somehow. Yeah. They're just like, look at this. I'm like, what? <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, man. Um, it has the thing which TNG always has, where you see the guy supposedly using the computer, but there's no readout that he can see. There's just some blinking lights and some buttons. Surely <laughs> like, it be simpler to just give him a screen. <laughs> Well, the early computers didn't have screens. All, was it the Altair in the mid-70s that basically... You he could, did have a big paper printout coming next to him. So. Yeah. Uh, right. You get, that's where you get your information. Yeah. Because television's for watching movies or TV, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, maybe they hadn't worked it out yet. I wonder what East German television was like in 1960. Uh, I think they were playing football. <laughs> that's my that's my knowledge of German television. <laughs> they play football. They just play football. Okay, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the case then. watching a thing the other day about the possibility that other sentient races have evolved in Earth's history and that there's just no record of them anymore. Um, and talking about how long it would take before we would disappear from the archaeological records. Not too long. No, like a pre-industrial society, it's like a matter of millennia. Uh, industrial, because of the effect on the environment, is a bit longer. And now that we've made plastic, we would leave some evidence of that. So they would at least know we were here for like a good couple million years. Mm. But like all of our great cities and structures and whatever would be indistinguishable from natural formations within like 100,000 years. Yeah. So you go back a, a, a hundred million years. That's not so much time on Earth at all. Who knows what was going on? So Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if tomorrow we do fuck it up and we're all gone, when, you know, some alien planet, alien race lands on Earth... They would not have much to go on, <laughs> unless they got here pretty quick. Um, so yeah, like if maybe there was life on Mars and quite a considerable amount of life on Mars, it could just all be gone. Yeah. Well, that's it. We we we've talked to people saying, oh, there's you know nuclear explosions on Mars at some point. Maybe you know they had something there and now they don't. So yeah, that being a great long time ago, so we wouldn't be finding much on the surface now anyway. Because yeah, the question of whether we're alone in the universe, it's like. Yeah, you've got to ask about space, but you also got to ask about time. Mm. Like, humanity's been around for a fucking a blink of an eye, <laughs> even in terms of Earth, let alone terms of the universe writ large. So if other races exist for about this long, the chances of us coexisting are infinitesimally small. So when do you think the Venusians tried to blow up Earth? Like, last uh, week, or...? Well, the spaceship that crashed, wasn't, didn't they say it was only from, like, 1907? Right, so it was a and pretty maybe it was drifting event. a few years, but yeah, it seemed like it was within the last like century or so. Yeah, okay. I I couldn't quite tell. Was that meant to be the Tunguska event? 
Yes. Yeah, sick. That's another thing where they probably didn't, like, where the cutting in the... Yeah, they it, it, it was Apparently, in the original version, it's made quite explicit that's what it is. Yeah, they, they said something, that, but they didn't, they didn't say those exact words, which is what it's known as. I, I believe West. they used those exact words yeah. in the original version, so... <laughs> I love the Tunguska event. Yeah. It's whack as hell. <laughs> yeah. Just a big-ass explosion. I mean, it sounds like it was pretty simply explained as just a meteor. Right. But when it hits before anyone understands what the fuck that well, is. It's great sci-fi fodder if you yeah. want to work <laughs> off of it. So, Well, like this. It can easily just be like, oh, that was a Venusian spaceship that crashed. Right. There you I, go. I mean, a big rock is, you know, going to screw up the Earth once it enters your atmosphere. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be anything but a rock. <laughs> you know, when the way the Rock Johnson enters your atmosphere, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as a, a bit of... What else was from 1960 that we've done? I keep mentioning a time machine, but we haven't done it, but that's about the same time. Uh, Creation of the Humanoids is about this time. Quater Mass is about this time. Um, okay. um, Doctor Who and the Daleks. It was a few years a later, later, wasn't later, it? Yeah. yeah. I'm, trying to, I, I'm kind of curious what Hollywood was doing in 1960 for sci-fi, I guess. I mean... Because everything I mentioned was not Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Bond was touching on sci-fi. That's not quite Hollywood. Yeah, we're not British, even quite... And, and Doctor No certainly doesn't have much of that sci-fi. No, it's a bit later before it gets too sci-fi-ish. Right. A uh, thing from another world was earlier, as we've discussed. I mean, they made tons Santa of... Santa Claus conquers the Martians. <laughs> that was 62, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Twilight Zone was on the air. Yeah, okay. Okay, that, that's a good you know, placeholder. They for... were about to start making Trek. Yeah. And this... Yeah, there are Twilight Zone episodes along these lines for sure. Mm. Um, but see, now this is one that did need a feature length, right? Hmm? But this needed a feature length. The yeah. 20 minute version of this story wouldn't be very good. Yeah, I mean, even the edited version is still 79 minutes, which is, yeah. you know, you, that's a movie, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry. but often with Twilight Zone, we're like, you know, you can be in and done this story in 20 minutes. Right. Whereas right. this, it's not really about, the story is simple. But it's about the teasing it out and the finding it and... Well, if it was a Twilight Zone, they would have found the Venusian spacecraft, gone to Venus, and then landed on Venus and something insane would have been there and that would have yeah. been the end of the episode, right? Yeah. Well, so, they'd have got there and like, oh, they're all dead. Yeah. And then, you know, Ross Darling says, oh, maybe maybe mankind should pack it in with the nuclear weapons before they do this. <laughs> now buy some cigarettes and kill yourself that way instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was nervous. He was holding as a prop. Yeah. I mean, he also does sell a lot of cigarettes. That's true. <laughs> Oasis. <laughs> Valley of Gwangi. Okay, uh, that's I think that's actually, it might, it might have been a bit later, I can't quite yeah. remember. We don't always mention the year in the write-up of our episodes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, there is, uh, yeah, this does seem notably ahead of its time, I guess is my main point. Because mm. human like it's smart, but that's stagey, it had very little to look at, right? Yeah. It was almost like a stage play, whereas this one has, like, all the adventure aspects and, you know, interest, like, tripped-out set pieces and that stuff, so. Yeah, it just seems like they could get away with doing this shit over there more than they could in Hollywood at the time. Yeah. So fair play to them. This wouldn't be a bad movie to remake, and I was actually kind of wondering if Prometheus is kind of sort of along the lines of this movie. This is a better film than Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sure, why That's not? That's my hot fucking take for you. <laughs> but the story's mildly similar. Yeah. Um, they find a much older bit of evidence. They go yeah. much farther away, and they... That's, that's they, the main thing that has aged about this film is... We don't really make our sci-fi in the solar system anymore. Yeah. Yeah, now they'd have to go, like, to another, mm. like, several light years away for it to take hold. Of course, then you wouldn't call it first spaceship on Venus, would you? No. Mm. You'd call it Silent Star, which is a cooler name anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Rogue Planet, okay. <laughs> so Planet of the Dead. There you go. 
There is a there is Planet of the Vampires a few years after. So I think there's Doctor Who that's Planet of the Dead as well. Okay, yeah, Planet of the Vampires is cool, and that that that's the one of the main alien inspirations. So we will okay. be getting to that one at some point. It's uh, that was made by like a real director too. The, the names escape me now. We'll do it when we get to it. But that that's a seriously like interesting movie. Okay. See, because it sounds like it's a real dumb movie. I know. That's because what had an Italian name? Okay. Planet of Vampires is the translation or whatever. Right. Planet of the Apes. Why not the (laughs) Vampires? Planet of the Apes sounds pretty dumb when you say it. (laughs) Okay. It's better than Monkey Planet, which is what they say. Yeah, yeah, that's the book. (laughs) So, this movie does really look old. Like we said, they stilted movements, Mm. you know, big polyester costumes, which do look generally cool in the 1960s. Well, that's what spaceships look like. Like, I'm sorry, spacesuits. Like, yeah. Spacesuits are not, like, sleek and comfortable. True. Well, that was part of the excuse, right? So yeah. I was like, well, obviously they'd have trouble moving around these things. Oh, another thing I watched recently on YouTube was a video about the, um... I forgot what it's called now. Is it called, like, the Black King? The, the supposed satellite. Oh, Black Knight. Black Knight, yeah. Which is blatantly just a blanket. <laughs> um, but it showed, it showed the footage of when they lost the blanket. Ah. And it's just like, man, extravehicular activity is fucking terrifying. <laughs> Like, it's one thing we see in films, but when I was watching the real one, and it's like, yeah, damn, astronauts are brave as fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, it's strapping yourself to a giant exploding yeah. oh, tube is pretty I, hardcore. I've never associated with bones as much as I did then. <laughs> oh, yeah, we shouldn't be up there, man. Come back now, boys. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, the, the, um, there's spacesuits when launching. I felt they looked kind of like Winnie the Pooh cosplay. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those barriers. Yeah. That. So I thought that was. Well, that, that is again. That is pretty much what NASA spacesuits look like. Yeah. As probably is, this is probably like exactly what cosmonauts look like. That's probably what they're basing it on. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But um, anyway, I was thinking about Winnie the Pooh. So. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Gonna blast you into space. I'm sure that's an uh, Winnie the Pooh episode because Winnie the Pooh has episodes. That's when he's having another one of his episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Eeyore who has the episodes, Matt. No, I've heard, haven't you heard anything where each character of, of the um, Hundred Acre Forest is based on a different mental illness? Yeah. I've heard that applied to Sesame Street as well. People love applying that shit to stuff these days. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it works better at Sesame Street because you got the Count and the Cookie Monster. It's like, yeah. that's, it's, it's almost telephoning itself in in that case. Did you know that Ash and Pokemon is in a coma after the first episode and blah, 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 blah? I didn't. No, I didn't. No, so not. <laughs> uh, anything else on this one? We done it? Yeah, we it's done. done did. Done did. We done did the thing. The thing is done. Now we're got, we got to wait for the second spacecraft on Venus. Yeah. No one cares about this. Nate, who was in the second spaceship that landed on the moon? Oh, the, what? Who was, on the, who was in the spec- second ship that landed on the moon? I, I could spout off several names of good dudes that went on there, but I don't know the order. So. Yeah, exactly. Right? No one gives a fuck. I mean, it's only because that he happens to be a good banter that people know Buzz Aldrin these days. <laughs> Michael Collins? I, know, I love Michael. Michael Collins is my personal hero because, okay. like, imagine being the guy who had to stay on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> oh, you're the command pilot. Yeah, but I got to stay on the command ship. <laughs> Have fun, boys. <laughs> Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> do you think you... What, what do you do? Just jerk it for three days straight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're locked in a metal tube with two other dudes for, like, a month. And then they're on the moon gallivanting. You're jerking it. It's only, like, three days to get there. You're launching yourself back and forth along the ship. <laughs> <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> 
And that's why he's your hero. <laughs> there you go. Matt and Luke's erotic Mike Collins fanfic. <laughs> if you're like an actual like historical film buff who was really excited when you saw this episode exist, sorry. <laughs> and uh, us, the stuff. Us, the, this podcast, the stuff. If you want to send us your Matt and Luke erotic fan fiction, <laughs> find us on Twitter at MLSFSpod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere where podcasts can be found, you can find us by searching Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Make sure you rate and review, like and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Send us your erotic fan fiction. We will read it out. <laughs> um, and if you want to help keep this podcast online, you can find all of the podcasts me and Matt create. Um, and you can also throw us a dollar a month to listen to them early by going to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. If you've enjoyed the music in this podcast, you can find more of Matt's music at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. I've been trying, sitting here trying to assemble a fantastic line, but it's just, I just, I can't do that on the spot, I guess. Auf Wiedersehen. highlight deep intensities of the chessboard. Perambulations along the fankers on wheel of life, in channelations of Gnostic rites. You'll test alchemies on Yggdrasil and hyperspace, through peeping beyond dusty confines of the soapbox world.
hard knocks. You've chose to become a roving sage. Look upon the next equinox, the barter rider of the purple age. Gongs that you ring. Follow the bells and gongs that you ring.